Hello, everybody. This is the Nutrition Translator Podcast, where we discuss plant-based nutrition, longevity, biohacking, neuroscience, psychology, self-healing, and much more. My name is Colleen Kuhn, registered dietitian, plant-based health coach, and your host. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, my beautiful, inquisitive, creative, wonderful soul. Thank you for joining me today. Today we are going to talk about taking it slow and slowing it down. Because on the healing journey to food freedom, and on the healing journey to anything, the quickest way to get there is to slow down. Slow is actually fast in this process. Well, let's talk about why. Too much, too soon, too fast, like going on a very strict, rigid diet, and also, and or, creating an intense exercise program, or following an intense exercise program, will result in falling back into old patterns of creating chaos and then feeling overwhelmed and then giving up and then there's the shame-blame game that happens. The self-blame, self-shame game that can come in really strong. And one might think that if if we go on a rigid diet or an intense exercise regimen that this is going to create some sort of stability. But the truth, the truth is that what happens in this case for, for pretty much everybody is that going on these intense regimens actually creates more chaos inside because it's incredibly triggering and overwhelming for the nervous system. It brings up all of our deepest fears. All of our protection mechanisms can come up of you know, wanting to be perfect and wanting to be good enough. And in these extreme states... It is really hard to move into healing. And we can get stuck in these states for long periods of time. You know, this self-blame game keeps you down and out for a long time when the pain gets too much, when the chaos is just, uh, the chaos of being on this regimented diet and exercise program is too overwhelming. The roller coaster effect takes place. Okay, I'll go on another diet because the pain of being in that shut down place is too overwhelming so the only thing we know what to do is to go back on another diet and this is that yo-yo effect of trying to get out of one place and move into another the problem is that the we're in we're in the extremes in these places we we are either hyper aroused completely just overwhelmed with anxiety and trying to make it perfect and we're kind of in that sympathetic nervous system state and when that gets too much Then we quit and we give up and then we are shut down into the dorsal vagal state, which is a hypo-aroused state. We'll want to get up out of them because they're so painful. But for a lot of us, we can stay in these states for quite some time because we beat ourselves up. We play that shame game. I'm not good enough. Here I am again. So we end up not really getting anywhere because we're just bouncing back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And, And we're also perpetuating the trauma because... The hallmark of trauma is living in the polarities, is living in the extremes. So in these painful extremes, 
healing doesn't happen. The good news is that when you finally decide to do it differently and finally move towards food freedom by slowing things down, this can help tremendously. Although there is a caveat to this because your protector parts and your blind spots, the parts that are hidden from your conscious mind, will start to rear their heads too here. So you might notice as you're slowing things down, the parts, you know, in terms of internal family systems, we have different parts to us, different protector parts. The part that wants to do it perfectly might come up. Similarly to how it might come up when you're on a, a really intense diet plan but not as intense. It's not as extreme. As in, in, this protector part isn't in its extreme role. It's still there, but not as extreme. So you still may notice it come up, the part that wants to do it perfectly, the part that wants to, to make it happen faster, the part that wants to accomplish, the part that wants to achieve, the part that wants to get to the end goal right now, the part that wants to fix, the part that wants to make sure it's on track. You know, this part might not necessarily come up when you're on a diet program or an intense exercise program because when you're in those extreme states, you can, quote unquote, see progress, which is the the number on the scale change really quickly. And that's how we tend to measure our progress in our health. But the truth is that number on the scale doesn't really represent your health and doesn't really represent progress. It does in some ways, right? Because it's a number and it's moving up and down. But in terms of your emotional fitness and your emotional health and you healing your relationship with food, it doesn't measure that. So we can get caught up when we start to slow things down. We can get caught up of that a part can come online, a protector part that wants to make sure that we're on track because really when we're slowing things down and we're not following a diet plan or exercise plan, then there's, there's a little bit less structure and then it can kind of feel, leave us feeling like we're left to our own devices to figure it out. Like you're, you're, you're on your personal hero's journey going into the forest and there's no map at hand. And this is an absolutely terrifying place to be. So protector parts can come online and say, oh, you're not on track. You better go back to where you came from. You better turn around right now because if you keep going forward, then you're just going to get more lost. But the truth is that that is not the truth. You got to keep moving forward because you have to create your own map. You get to create your own map, your own personalized, intuitive map about what it looks like for you to include the foods that you want to include that feel that make you feel good and the type of movement in your lifestyle that makes you feel good not what someone else says this process of slowing things down is an opportunity to tap into what you need and what you value and then taking action on that not what somebody else values not what somebody else tells you to do Because the truth is, we don't really like to be told what to do. I know I don't. There's a part of us that doesn't like to be told what to do. And we'll we'll inherently want to rebel against that. Because we have an intuitive nature to us. We, We all have 
preferences and we all have needs and we all have values and it's important that we tune into those and listen to that. So as you're slowing things down, you may notice that these parts are coming online and wanting to shut the process down and wanting to go back to old patterns because it's quote unquote safer. You know, these parts will convince you that you aren't making any progress because of their high expectations of you. They don't want you to get hurt. They don't want you to get abandoned. They don't want you to get rejected. They don't want you to quote unquote fail. So they're going to do everything that they can to try to get you to turn around and go back to the diet. But we know, you know, from our history that the diet creates chaos in our lives and ups, ups and downs, ups and downs. But you see, this is what was familiar to us in the past. These feelings of not being safe. It's familiar. But the good news is here, when we are slowing down, it gives us the opportunity to work with these parts and to see your blind spots. You know, these protector parts are essentially blind spots. There are, there are shadow parts. It helps us see these parts in ways that when you're in the, the extremes, it would be impossible to. So if we are bouncing back between the extremes, we are so overwhelmed and our nervous systems are so incredibly activated or shut down that we're not able to work with these parts that are coming up because they're just in their, their extreme roles. And that's not where healing happens, like I said. But when we start to slow things down, then we can start to notice and, see, and become more aware of these protector parts that are coming online. Oh, I'm noticing that I want to give up. I'm noticing that I want to make this look perfect. I'm noticing that I want this to happen faster. Oh, I'm noticing that I feel like I'm not making any progress. This is also a very common thing that happens. You know, as you are discovering the art of slowing down, these blind spots will have you believing that you aren't making any progress. First, because when we're moving slowly, everything happens so incrementally, you know, so insidiously that it's hard to, to see the progress in that sense. When you're on a crash diet, you can see what's happening. Like I said, a number on the scale, you could lose 20 pounds in a month or more. And then that's how we dictate what our success is and what our progress is. And then we're going slow. We're slowly peeling back the layers, slowly peeling back the layers. And then we forget. Oh, actually, I'm making healthier choices. Actually, I'm tuning into my body and listening to what I need. Um, I'm creating new recipes. I am just really noticing when I'm stressed and my triggers and when that when they happen. And I decided to not go for the ice cream that one night. Instead, I took a bath. You know, we forget all these little things that really do add up. And those are really a measure of our success because that's where the healing happens. The healing doesn't happen on going on a crash diet and losing a bunch of weight. The healing happens in those small moments and the in-between. So we're really tuning into ourselves and then making those moment-by-moment decisions. It's very subtle, moment-by-moment-by-moment. And these protector parts will shut that down and we will forget that we made those decisions 
or we won't acknowledge them. We are very good at acknowledging the things that we are not doing enough of, that we're not doing good enough, that we could be doing better, that we, you know, we're constantly comparing ourselves and, and, and we're acknowledging that. And that comes out of a survival, a survival response. We are, we are wired in that way to want to protect ourselves. And we are also wired in a way to connect. And we are, humans have an, an amazing capacity to get up out of those survival states and into a place of connection and intuition and into clarity. And then when we start acknowledging the things that we're doing well, reminding ourselves Oh, I did do that. Oh, I did do that. Maybe making a list and starting to collect the evidence for what you're doing well versus collecting the evidence for what you're not doing enough of. Then you'll have a different perspective on things. And it's really important to get to know these parts of yourselves that are protecting you. And on this healing journey, it is really about unlearning the patterns of those self-protection that once kept you, quote-unquote, safe. And moving into, instead of patterns of protection and closing and shutting and defending, into opening and allowing and being with. So you have these protector parts that are important to get to know. What do they want from you? Why do they want that? they're trying to protect you well what from exactly abandonment rejection from failing you know maybe in the past you've quote-unquote failed many many diets so there's this part of you that thinks you're going to fail again well this is different because you're doing it slow and you're not on a diet you just let that part know that you understand its perspective and you understand what it's trying to do that's just trying to keep you safe, but that you got this now. It can be really helpful to, you know, not only make a journal and a list of the evidence that, of the things that you are doing really well, that you acknowledge yourself for. By the way, it can be hard to do that, which I, I know. It can be hard to make that list, but you get better and better at it. But it can be also really helpful to Start to name these protector parts. Maybe even give them, just give give them, a, like draw them, and an idea of what they might look like. Maybe personify them in a way. Give them a name. What color or what color are they? Maybe they don't look look like a person. Maybe they look like some sort of symbol or some sort of object. And drawing that. And uh, just getting to know that part. These are usually parts of ourselves that we don't want to look at because they're blind spots. They're our shadow parts. They're the parts that we sweep under the rug. They're the parts that keep us stuck if we don't look at them. And when we start to look at these parts and we start to acknowledge them, it's going to bring up some emotion. It's going because these protector parts are not wanting us to feel certain emotions, especially shame. They're doing everything that they can to 
be proactive about you feeling shame. And then there's also protective parts that can come online that you've already been triggered into feeling shame. And then they're trying to suppress that back down. And those are more like reactive, like in the moment you've been triggered. Oh, what can I do in the moment to make sure that this goes away? And when you start to look at them and turn towards them and give them a seat at the table, some emotions can come up from that of all all the things that you have been suppressing before. When you start to open and start to put down the walls of self-protection, you might start to feel some of that shame come up. But instead of the shame being triggered from a place of, I'm not good enough, it can be felt from a place of, oh, I see where it's coming from now. I understand and I'm with you. You can be that inner parent for that scared child because really ultimately that deep shame is our inner child that wasn't acknowledged and wasn't heard and wasn't seen and wasn't understood and now you get to be there for that part all the walls of protection are no longer there and are are broken down and you can just allow yourself to feel that shame and be there for that part and this is not easy to do and something I really recommend you allow for and call in is to ask for help and for a mentor with this process because you really can't do it alone these they're called blind spots for a reason number one there are parts of us that are so well hidden from our conscious minds that are just suppressed far away. We don't even know that they come online when they come online, when they're activated. When when I say come online, that means that they're activated because they're subconscious and they run the show. And a lot of us don't know that they're there unless we have someone to point it out for us. So that's what a mentor can do. A mentor can see the pattern and can call you out on it and say, hey, I noticed that this protector part's coming up. I notice this shadow part is coming up and help you see those blind spots so then you can turn towards them and acknowledge them, give them, which gives them less power and makes them less extreme and helps you move towards healing. So my encouragement for you today would be to see where you can slow down Can you start to discover the art of slowing down? And can you allow it to take longer than you would like? This process of healing isn't a quick fix. It doesn't happen overnight. There is an infinite layer to to peel back. Infinite layers of the onion. You'll pull back one, there'll be another, there'll be another, there'll be another. You know, this is something I recently somatically experienced and realized in an ayahuasca ceremony in my very last one, where in the process that I'm in with ayahuasca and and learning more about it and in this program to work towards becoming a guide, facilitator, I was invited to sing for the very first time. And 
I've only practiced one ikaro. An ikaro is a so- the song of medicine that you sing to everyone in the ceremony space. And uh, they invited me to sing, and I was panicked. Oh no, <laughs> they want me to sing. I only know one song. Okay, I'll sing this song. And as I was singing, it unlocked something deep within me in my, sh- in my throat chakra. Just unlocked it. And then after I sang, I collapsed down into my pillow, which I've been trying to, during my ayahuasca ceremonies, practice sitting up. Because eventually, that's what I have, I have to sit up the whole time. You know, seven, eight hours of the ceremony, you, if you're facilitating and you're guiding and you're there and you need to be present and you need to be sitting up and you need to be ready, a, a vessel for healing for the participants, right? So... I've been sitting, doing my best to sit up, which is really challenging to do when you're drinking ayahuasca because all you want to do is lie down and just sink in. But after I sang, I could no longer sit up. I was completely, something just opened within me. There was a deep wall of protection that was no longer up anymore. And I just experienced all this shame that came. I cried for three hours after that into my pillow, just crying, 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 and just experiencing somatically, allowing to release all this shame and feelings I'm not good enough and how I've just protected myself for so many years against using my voice. You know, how long have I been holding back what I want to say or who I am? And using my voice. I think a lot of women can relate to that in our society where we feel like we don't have a voice. And also felt that in my family system as well. But now as I'm stepping into my truth and using my voice more, there's something about singing that felt that much more vulnerable. Singing, but then also singing with ayahuasca within me in ayahuasca in the room, the participants and the passengers drinking as well, seemed to have this mystical quality of unlocking something deep within me. And I had the opportunity to experience that. And I realized, oh my gosh, this one song can unlock all of this. And I just realized how much more there is to go how many layers there are. There's an infinite amount of layers. Infinite. I'm never going to be done. And I had to come to some acceptance with that because that's really scary <laughs> for me. You know, what else, like, what else is there to fucking unlock? Oh, my God. I, I, I thought I unlocked a lot already, but there's so much more there. And a lot of it isn't just me in with my family lineage, in my, you know, immediate family lineage. It's it's generational, passed down, passed down, passed down, passed down for many generations, you know, all that that I'm holding within me, you know, so it just keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper. And I had to come to some sort of acceptance that there's no there. I'm never going to get there. Like, yes, I can start to dissolve the, the patterns and start to heal and get closer and closer to freedom and letting down the walls of self-protection and opening and opening 
but there's always more to do. So I had to come to acceptance that it's okay that it's going to take time. And it's okay that I'm never going to get quote unquote there because this is a journey of becoming. And what a beautiful experience to have. We have this opportunity in this life to do the healing work, to be the transitional characters in our family lineage to do the healing. You know, maybe you're the first one in your family and that's a transitional character. You're the first one in your family to take a look at yourself and to take responsibility and to no longer play the victim. Or if you do fall back into that, that fall, you know, playing the victim, that's okay too. You acknowledge when it happens and you get the help when you need it and you're no longer trying to do it alone. That is healing. And your ancestors would be so proud of you. And your family, if you, have a, if, you, if you have kids, you are, your healing is healing them because then you're passing down, this is kind of like mumbo jumbo language, but I don't know how else to say it, higher levels of consciousness to them. <clears throat> so you're not traumatizing them in the same ways that your family has been traumatized in the past. You're showing up for them, you're showing up for yourself. So this is beautiful work. And I guess we'll just leave it at that for today. Do it slow. Do the healing work slow. And you're doing great. And you keep hanging in there. Take it one day at a time. Take it one moment at a time. I am rooting for you. Namaste, friend. Thank you for listening to the show today. If you are interested in working with me one-on-one for nutrition and lifestyle coaching, I would love to connect with you. Click the link in the show notes to apply today. I only take on a few clients at a time because it's so individualized. So go ahead and click that link right now if you're feeling called. I'm really looking forward to connecting with you.